um, Dying to Know, Ramdas and Timothy Leary will be screening, a, you know, it has been screening at the Center for Contemporary Arts in Santa Fe, New Mexico. CCA Santa Fe org is the website where you can buy tickets. But Joanna and I are going to be having a very lively discussion this Saturday, January 10th, after the evening screening. So please come join us. Regular ticket prices, students are to $7, general admission 10 Come on down and be part of the conversation. Hi, my friends who listen to Future Primitive. I am sitting here today. You know, I have to say one of the one of the first films that was ever made. It was called in the early twenties or nineteen tens. It was called um, the Gardener Who Showered Himself. Le Jardinier Arrosé, L'Arroseur Arrosé. It was made by a French uh, filmmaker, and it was very short. And it was uh, the gardener, and it was a gardener pointing the hose at himself. Mm-hmm. And um, I never forget forgot that. So now uh, what we're doing is we're doing the interviewer interviewed. Because today I'm here with Gay Dillingham, who is the producer-director of the marvelous film Dying to Know. And uh, she invited me to be in her film. And the film is out now, and a lot of people are seeing it. And we will be talking about the film during this interview. So, my friends, let me introduce Gay to you to begin with. Gay was born to an Oklahoma ranching family and now lives under the skies of the West in Santa Fe, New Mexico. She juggles her passions for the environment, public policy, and communication through film to deepen our human experience while on this marvelous planet. She was one of only four Americans who joined Governor Richardson on a private mission to North Korea in December 2010. Many believe this small delegation helped avert an armed conflict, war. She has done another film, other films actually before this, but we will today be talking about her latest project, Dying to Know. The film was narrated by Robert Redford, and produced by her film company, CNS Communications. Gay hopes to reinvigorate important scientific, spiritual, and social conversations begun in the 1960s. Dying to Know has been a labor of love she has cultivated on and off for 18 years. And Gay, I have known you on and off for those 18 years. And I remember very well, many, many years ago, having a talk with you, a a short talk with you, at the cash register of a uh, one of the first uh, health food stores here called Alfalfa, Mm -hmm. when you said to me that you 
it was a year before Timothy died, and you said you had just come back from interviewing him, Timothy Leary, that is, and your whole attitude and feelings towards Timothy Leary had changed from that encounter. Mm-hmm. Could you speak about that? Mm-hmm. Well, I had seen, I guess I should back up a little bit to uh, the first time I heard Tim's name, I was 14 years old, and my brother was getting in trouble because he had uh, driven two hours to the city to see Tim talk. This was after he was out of prison, so it must have been the late 70s. Um, and uh, I thought, hmm, Timothy Leary, I wonder who that is and why my brother risked what he risked to go do that. He was in high school. He was three years older than me. And then fast forward to my college years, I saw Tim once doing the college lecture circuit. He was promoting LSD, which was Leary Software Design. And at that time, I remember feeling like, hmm, you know, he, he was the showman. He was, you know, and you, you know that part of him, the, the, the showman. And I didn't really get to see the man yet. So I walked away, interesting, intellectual person, charismatic. Um, but I wasn't all that impressed. I saw more of the ego. So then fast forward to December 95, and he had just announced he was dying uh, in the media. We're having dinner, and um, a few of us, and said, this is a historical moment. What can we do? So my husband, not soon-to-be husband came up with the idea of bringing Ramdas down from the Bay Area to put them together in this last final encounter, this dialogue, which I, it, that ended up being the brilliant idea because I wouldn't have come up with that. So to answer your question, how did I fall in love with Timothy Leary? Mm-hmm. I fell in love with him on his deathbed, really. I mean, to see him through the eyes of Ramdas, which was a lens of love instead of judgment, which is really the only filter I had had prior to that, because our culture is really good at judging, chewing up, spitting out, um, not, you know, looking at the totality of a life with a compassionate lens. And the man I saw on his deathbed was also at that time very vulnerable, very honest, still very charismatic and intelligent, and a big heart. I did. I just fell in love with this madman on his deathbed and and then continued to fall in love with him after he died is when I really started digging through the archives, trying to put the story together, really trying to understand why the man I met on his deathbed was not the caricature my culture had handed me. So it, that became the lifelong journey. What started out as a spontaneous idea, oh, let's put these two icons of the 60s together. I was born in 65, so, you know, I... I made it, the, the, the pursuit and the curiosity I had was, I think, different than what a baby boomer perhaps would have made. But that journey of discovery was just so beautiful and continues to be, as I've learned about Ram Dass, Richard Alpert, and Timothy, and how much they've had to teach me. I kept doing this film and kept coming back to it because there was just so much, so many gems, so many, so much... Um, you know, rare, precious um, things to pull out of this story as I discovered who they were. So I want to speak to the younger generation 
and the younger generations. In my case, there are quite a few. And I would like you to um, tell us who is Ramdas, mm -hmm. you who have studied the lives of these these men. Mm -hmm. And when I say men, I want to qualify one thing, is that both these men were part of a generation of men that has continued to evolve to understand that they both contain the male, that a man and a woman both contain the male and the female. Mm -hmm. So I want to say this because I wanted to say this is not a movie about men. Mm -hmm. It's a movie about the changes in a culture that we live in. So tell us who Ramdas is, in your view. And also, after you do that, tell us who Timothy Leary is, because in my experience, um, it's like a brand name. It's mm -hmm. sort of like Timothy Leary. It's sort of like Apple or Revlon. Mm -hmm. People know the sound of the name, but what is it? Okay, first, yes. Ra Ram Dass. Yes. Richard Alpert was born in 1931 to a wealthy Jewish uh, family in the East Coast. And he, um, the reason, he became Ram Dass after the Harvard years. So he met Timothy Leary at Harvard as two, he was the younger of the two, Harvard uh, professors who then began doing sanctioned studies with psilocybin, uh, mind-altering and mind-expanding medicines, with graduate students at Harvard. And um, he then, I'll skip forward to say that he then became uh, Ramdas when he went to India after those early Harvard years and met his uh, teacher, his guru, Neem Karoli Baba Maharaji, who gave him his name, which is, uh, means servant of God. Mm -hmm. And he took that very seriously and, and now has a foundation, Love, Serve, Remember, because Maharaji told him that the way to your own enlightenment is through loving people, serving people, and remembering. And he also, uh, his first big book that was a, still, still selling today, considered the hippie Bible, is called Be Here Now. It was published, I think, 1972, and hand-stamped at a ashram here in uh, New Mexico. And I actually read that in, high, in college. Kids are still reading this book, which is a, um, a beautiful tribute to um, his uh, role in our culture. And he's still followed by many hundreds of thousands of people. He's alive and well in Maui, Hawaii, and still does retreats. He doesn't travel, but he does cyber connections and, and retreats and so forth with people. And um, is... I would say, from my experience, the only human being, or the a human being that has found a way to actually live in a constant state of unconditional love. And he's practiced his whole life. He's now 83. And so this film shows 80 years of footage from the day he was born to um, this last year. And it shows this beautiful arc of a human being pursuing a path of love and practice and it doesn't come overnight and that, that's been a huge you know eye-opener for me that it's lifelong practice but you can get there and um, 
anyway, he's still very relevant and uh, incredible human uh, gift that, that we have. So that's Ramdas. I'm going to interrupt you for a yes, second. Please. You can get where? To your own freedom, I suppose, to the heart's liberation, which gets to live in love instead of fear. Thank you. And then you asked, who is Timothy Leary? Yes. We spoke a little bit and earlier. Speak for the younger generation. Okay. Well, and I'm, I call myself a tweener. Because I'm not a baby boomer, and I'm not a millennial, which are, the millennials are generally the children of the boomers, and these are the two big population bombs. And I find myself in between these two big, you know, um, generations, and a bit of a translator. You know, Timothy Leary, because I did get to know him and get to spend time with him before he died in 1996, but not very much. Like I said, I had the one experience in the 80s, and then fast forward to when he was dying, which was literally a matter of months for me. Um, so you're, you're right. I mean, I think most people, younger generation, know Timothy Leary, oh, the the kind of guru of acid, um, LSD, um, kind of the bad boy um, and so what this film, what was important for me was to go back further to show his academic career, his how serious a person he was, um, and show it in context as well as how he then really paid the price because he really believed these medicines could help our culture, mind-expanding uh, medicines, and uh, he became a missionary for them. Uh, in in many ways, a cheerleader. And that was very threatening, you know, coming out of the 50s and seeing what was happening in the 60s. And the think for yourself, his mantra, think for yourself. Um, Just say no, K-N-O-W, rather than just say no, like Nancy Nancy Reagan, N-O, to drugs. So um, Timothy plays a hugely important role in having changed our culture. And he was put in prison for that. I mean, and this is where your story comes in, which is so critical, and why you're such an important interview in the process. Because most people don't remember Timothy even went to prison, let alone spent almost four years in prison and two, almost two and a half in solitary confinement. And what we do to break people and how we break people. So the pre-prison Timothy, the post-prison Timothy, um, you know, a lot of people try to discount him saying he fried his brains on, on drugs. Well, that's not the case. I, you know, even Andy Weil, Dr. Weil, in his interview says, Timothy definitely did not fry his brains. He was still very much uh, alive. He, he, he suffered a lot. And that's a different, a different thing. But um, I, his biography also is great, flashbacks. Um, so if you if you want me to take any particular direction with who Tim was, I'm happy to because I, you know, I like I said, I fell in love with this man, and who would have thought? <laughs> it was a surprise to me. You see, I truly believe, of course, as well as you do, that the lives of these two characters mm-hmm. are very pivotal to our culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe it was very important that before we are able to understand in what way these lives are pivotal to our culture, they would be presented in a human 
real, mm-hmm. true, mm-hmm. live way. Right. And I really believe you've done that. So here it is, and I am happy to be the one who can say this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timothy Leary was hated mm-hmm. by many, many, many people. And um, in the film, in my view, he comes through as quite endearing. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you find in your heart? What did you learn from him? What has changed you mm-hmm. towards love, towards what you were talking about, mm-hmm. uh, unconditional love, in your Interaction before and after Timothy Leary died. Gotcha. Okay. Well, first of all, I started this project um, not knowing very much. So that was kind of the good news for me. You know, I had to discover. And I certainly did not set out to glorify or demonize either one of these men. That was not my agenda either. So in being able to discover them, um, Tim... You're right. He was he was hated by the culture, and that was the caricature, glorified and demonized, that that was handed to me. And the man I found was very human, and so my goal in in the film was to humanize him, because we're all human, doing the best we can here. And when you see an entire life composed. Um, you see the gifts, you see, you know, what what he contributed was monumental to our culture. And also the reason why he was thrown under the bus. <laughs> you know, still a lot of people try to blame him, you know, for the, the whether it's drug overdoses or the ex- excesses of the 60s. That was happening beyond an individual named Timothy Leary. So the other thing I like to talk about is the danger of scapegoating, because we still do it, even the best of us. Even, and, and, and many people still scapegoat Timothy Leary. And if you really look at the whole thing, there is no way one human being could have caused the 60s anyway. Now, he was the older professor that many people looked to and had a lot of influence. So in that sense, that's why the government targeted him. And um, that is a very important part of the story, how we undermine influential people. You know, as his, his son, his, his adopted son, Zach, says in the film, um, you have to be quite a badass to get put in prison for your ideas. And that's what he... In he, America. In America. And on top of it, in America. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I see that you and I could have so many conversations, I feel, that would interest people. Because when I asked you that question, when I asked you that question, I came back to this core place where really when you make this film, when you are deeply touched by this story, we are going back to your experience with death and dying. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going back to the place where you said to me, in some ways, this film is very autobiographical mm-hmm. of you, the director, the producer. So go back to, I would like to know how, I mean, somebody died in your life, I don't want to be in an unexpected mm-hmm. way, and this 
this film, this Timothy Leary, it changed the way you lived with that awareness. Yes. So I was 17, and that brother who I talked about earlier who had gone and risked uh, seeing Timothy Leary on a school night, <laughs> um, he died in a tragic automobile accident at the age of 20, and I was 17, and he was the center of my world. I adored my brother, and it really helped raise me. So that really brought me to my knees. I didn't know if I, you know, it was a daily moment of can I live or am I going to live or am I going to die? And so that really forced me to start waking up earlier in my life than I think I probably would have. And so death shook me and helped me start waking up. And the other thing that happened around that time was the use of some medicinal plants. So I could see beyond the, the current pain of, my, of the context of my current pain. And I also at that time found both the Tibetan Book of the Dead and then Leary and Alpert's and Ralph Metzner's ver, uh, book called The Psychedelic Experience, which was based on the Tibetan Book of the Dead, to, to take a conscious um, psychedelic session and use it as a way to practice ego death. And that was very helpful for me. Um, and that's why this film, for me, the door I came in was the death door, even though that sounds fairly serious and depressing. It's not. It's, it's seeing ourselves in this cycle of life and death and nature. And it's, it's, to me, more liberating, because what I found when I was 17 and lost my brother is our deep cultural t attitudes and denial of the most natural thing that we're all going to do. We're going to be born, and we are going to die. And yet, as a culture, we don't hold that on our shoulder and in our consciousness. And it's really caused trouble. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big one. So um, I you know, then started creating the biographies of these two men to explain who are these guys that are now talking about this passage, this... This um, and and it's not just the death at the end of the the body and the life. It's all the deaths that we have to go through while we're alive to live more fully. All the ego deaths, all the letting go of the fear, all of all of that, which these two practiced in their own different, very different ways. And this this film is a conversation between them, which I think I feel allows almost everybody in. The intellectual comes in through one door, maybe through Tim. The, the faith-based people can find their way in through Ramdas, and the people that come in through those doors are very different often, but they meet inside this film and have this conversation. Not try, and, I, and I certainly was not out to try to tell anybody what to believe, but rather, hey, this is a, a mystery. Let's talk about it. Isn't this a live, vital thing? And... and um, and and we can live more fully. Like I started the film with a Carl Jung, which the dream life is also mm -hmm. one of my navigational tools. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the film starts with his quote from the Red Book, and it says, "I behold death, for it teaches me how to live." So, some people, you know, this is a film about a biopic, a history of these two men, but it's very contemporary, very current, about looking around the next horizon of the human landscape. See, it's extraordinary because uh, I've seen this film three times, and 
I'm in it, but so what? You know, I consider that uh, I have a lot of heart and mind, and every time I see this film, I uh, I see more depth. I see something different. And, for instance, what I'm seeing right now is these these men, uh, my life and the life of anybody who wants to accept the mission is to seek the truth, seek truth, maybe not the truth, but to seek truth. And definitely our encounter with death is one of the deepest, maybe the deepest truths we can encounter as human beings. And so you are showing something very, very real because you are showing on one hand what a mystical death can be, and on the other hand, what a death that accepts that it might be final can be, and that both things are completely all right. Like Stephen Levine said, maybe death is just, um, you know, a ringtone. Hmm. Hang up hang up the phone and there's a ringtone. But if you live every day fully then you've then it's really worth it, whatever it is. Hmm. Or there is heaven or you know, all and everything or whatever. And you you courageously show those two sides hmm. through these two men. Hmm. Would you say that you can you relate to what I'm saying? Oh very much, very much. Um it's very courageous, I think. And uh, I, I think it's what we really, really need right now. Mm. Um, I, I, I will say I, I appreciate that because in, in a, it was kind of just selfish, really. I mean, I, I just I fell do. in love with the material and couldn't let it go. And it was haunting me because I needed to learn something. I was discovering something. And, you know, I had many, many moments in the middle of the night thinking, what am I doing? Why am I so obsessed with this? And hasn't this already been told? And, you know, is anybody else going to care? And then um, I also want to do a little bit of a shout out because the first person that really acknowledged that there was a very important film story here, besides my mother or my friends, (laughs) was Robert Redford when I asked he and his wife to watch it. And he's a master storyteller. I have deep respect for him. And he called me the next morning after watching it and just went on. And he loved it. It was great. And and I finally realized maybe I'm not quite as crazy as I thought. Well, I'm probably crazy still, but at least uh, it's going to reach other people, right? And so I asked him to narrate. And he I spontaneously asked him to narrate because I hadn't planned on that. He would. He said he would be honored. So he jumped in with me and not only narrated it, but sat with me and gave me his notes at one point and really helped me kind of refine that last edit, made a much better film than um, I had before. And, you know, how blessed is that to have a master storyteller sit with me and uh, tell one of the most important stories we have of the moment. So um, very grateful. So I want to say for the people who are listening that... um, Timothy Leary and this Richard Alpert Ramdas, when they first began, began experiencing psilocybin and a bit later LSD, they immediately were introduced to the fact that we die, mm-hmm. whether it's ego death or whether it's truly death. That, that is the one thing that we face when we are 
blessed with taking these substances in the right certain setting with the right people and the right guides, etc. So it is it is about this. So what have you learned? Go go inside and really I would like to know you who shared with us vulnerably that you were very wounded by the death of your brother. What have you learned about death, Gay, by giving yourself the gift of working with death for so many years? Mm, good question. And that is one that I asked Ramdas, and he speaks to so eloquently. And I really can say that my journey has taught me that love is the only tangible thing. As corny as it sounds, that is really the only thing that in the end makes it through the body dying or whatever dies. And when you love someone deeply, their loss is, it hurts. There's nothing that hurts worse. But the love that you have with that person really does, never, it never dies. And in some ways, they, they then inhabit you. And so I have learned that more than once. And um, I, uh, having Ramdas as a friend and a teacher after all these years, uh, I, um, I know that that is what I do know now. I think that's so beautiful because um, I remember when I was um, when I was thirty six or thirty seven years old, this man I loved uh, died in a plane crash, virtually in front of my eyes, mm. and then in for a month I was in a blackout. I mean, it was mm. so traumatic that for a month I didn't know what I was doing, and I ended up. Strangely enough, at Barbara Marks Hubbard's house, uh, I've always been very protected by spirits and ended up with these amazing people in the moments that I needed to. And I remember I was in her house, Greystone, and it was I could begin to give some thought to the pain. And uh, I thought, Oh my goodness, all this love that this man and I have created together uh, is going to die with him. And it's a magnificent cache of love. And then I realized that no, the person can die, and the dyad can die, but the love. It doesn't go away. It kept on growing, and it's kept on growing like this, this marvelous seed uh, in a garden. So I completely agree with you. Now, I don't know if this is 100% the way Einstein said it, but the way I understood it is even Albert Einstein said that pure consciousness is pure love and is also pure light. So what do you hope, because uh, I see every creative project as a seed. Uh-huh. So this movie, Dying to Know, is a seed that uh, 
you have taken a long time cultivating and planting. What would you like to see grow out of that seed? Mm. What am I dying to know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I created the film to start deeper conversations that we were all, I think, wanting to have. Um, So I've really been delighted with the depth of the conversations and the way this film is touching people. It's just so perfectly overwhelming and so I'm I'm going to go out with this film and discover what it's doing for people and keep that conversation going whether it's about death or drugs and for me the next le- the other conversations under it have to do with the other things I've cared about pretty much my whole life is what we we overlook in our society where are the shadow material and I think that we don't have rites of passage for our kids And I think that's at the heart of the drug use, abuse conversation in education. And I'd like to discover and explore that some more. I also really believe in the dream world as a way that we can help create, um, uh, have a path and have our seers for what's next. And I think that um, our dreams are discounted for the most part. And I think we need to have a much more intimate relationship with that because that is kind of that God, voice of God within us and our own soul's journey, very unique to each one of us. And um, so those are the bigger kind of buckets and the bigger kind of things I'm interested in. And it's all connected in this film too. But, um, you know, every time I've tried to make something happen in my life it's it doesn't quite work and and yet if I follow my nose and my passion it always leads me to the next right thing so I'm I'm gonna try to just keep following my uh that thread of passion and see where this leads me because it's you know the film now is something that is um touching people and I don't know you know I don't know where that's gonna lead that's the mystery and that's what I'm curious to keep following I'm wondering um, about the very much younger generation and Mm -hmm. sort of you are, um, if I may say, late 40s. I'm now late 60s. And I'm wondering about if you have any thoughts about how this movie could touch and interest people between 20 and 40 years old or even... 15, 16-year-olds, because um, there's a rumbling in the background, there's a strong rumbling in the background that drugs are bad, without any human context Mm -hmm. to what this is about. So have you some thoughts about... Yes, I do. Um, You know, I, uh, I think that unfortunately the way we've criminalized our you know drug use instead of putting it in a medical setting um, we have inadvertently created worse drugs that our kids are going for you know these these designer you know synthetic drugs that are manufactured in China and sent back and yes they can stay ahead of the law because they just tweak the molecule mm-hmm. just enough to take it out of the illegal category and yet and call it, say, call it psilocybin or LSD or even, you know, so anything, call it anything. These, these, um, um, these synthetic chemicals that 
uh, our kids are taking and really uh, to, to, to dire consequences, deaths. And um, so, you know, back to what Tim was saying, you know, this should be, it's not a criminal issue. And we, we can't keep putting nonviolent drug, user, um, drug users uh, in prison. And I, I'm very encouraged that some of these laws are changing now, finally. And, um, you know, having compassion for uh, people that do end up in an abusive relationship with any chemical we need to treat that. We don't need to put them behind bars. You know, a long time ago, I... Uh, oh, I, yes, I'm yes, sorry. Because you really asked me about the young people. Yes. And I think what's underneath all drug use is rites of passage, exploration. You said it in the film. I think we wanted to be explorers. And it's very natural to want to alter consciousness as humans, particularly when we're young, and explore these edges of consciousness. And so I think that um, every culture, oft, you know, really has done that, whether it's just the role of the shaman or really more of a tribal situation. But we need to cultivate the shaman class. We need to cultivate safe ways of doing this um, because our kids are going to do it anyway. And um, we need education. We need awareness and eyes wide open, <laughs> hearts wide open. Hearts wide open, and and get over this thing of marginalizing our own children, mm-hmm. which is what uh, my the generation of my parents did when we started uh, investigating. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not just one way to see the world. There's probably seven billion ways to <laughs> see the world, <laughs> even if you don't take any mind-altering right. substances. Right. But let's talk about our next assignment. Um, Next Saturday. This coming Saturday. This coming Saturday, the 10th of January. Saturday. Saturday, 10th of January, three days before my birthday. (laughs) Uh, We will be speaking together at um, CCA in Santa Fe. It's called the Center for Contemporary Center for Contemporary Arts. So it's um, ccasantafe.org, where you can buy tickets. And Joanna and I will be speaking, discussing um, after our evening showing, uh, both with each other and with the audience, right? Exactly. Very lively. Very lively. So, Gay, we're coming to the end of our future primitive adventure here. And... Um, When you say, I fell in love with Timothy Leary, what part of yourself has this film brought you to fall in love with? I fell in love with Tim's honesty at the end of his life that he was still very much a scientist and an intellectual, but his heart and mind were opening, opening, opening. And I saw that just genuine, you know, changes that were going on in him. And I feel like often I'm in that side of the, the medicine wheel too, which is the thinker, you know. 
And who knows? You know, it's a mystery. You're dead when you're dead. You know, I don't know, but I know it's a mystery. <laughs> and he and Ramdas did this dance with each other and articulated what was going, what goes on inside of me, almost on a daily basis. But just a very honest, lively conversation between the mind and the heart. And uh, I fell in love with both of them through the process. And with yourself. Yes. Yes. Thank you for the offering, Gary. Thank you on many, many levels. Thank you for changing my life by inviting me into this film. And uh, thank you for putting so much work into clarifying important parts of our culture. Is there something you'd like to say in closing? Well, I'd like to thank you for your bravery and honesty in your life's journey and um, that you're courageous enough to share that with others. And through your book, through your podcast, through your consciousness, through your love. And you've been my big sister for a lot of decades now and uh, love you. I love you too. (laughs) 